for me. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Well, here yeah. we are, Jeff Salzman, Encore Delight, our weekly conversation about, um, you know, the state of the evolving world, yeah. I think. Yeah. Evolving. And how, how this integral perspective can help us. Yeah. You know, there's ways in which I could use help in general is uh, maintaining a sense of hope and possibility that my part and by extension, you know, all of our parts in this, you know, like we're, we're these were these bit parts in a play, right? Nice. That is, is is important and worth and worth continuing to do with gusto, and not just phoning it in. Goddamn right. And then maybe some, almost like a kind of philosophical holding, like a, it's okay, it's okay that it's so you know, like you always say, evolution is beautiful, but it's not pretty. Just a reminder of an okayness with the ugliness. Yeah. 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 So I could jump off there if you want. Sure. Uh, and then I have, I have some, actual yeah. daily news content as well, but like, let's. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think it's a nice way to start because it's actually, it's so great actually, because it's something I've been thinking about. And uh, one of the things that we talk about in integral in the evolution of consciousness is that human as humanity and also individual humans move through these stages of, um, I forget what the term is, but anyway, we move from egocentric to ethnocentric to nation-centric to world-centric. And world-centric is, you know, the green postmodern where you're really able to view multi-cultures and the karmas of history and that sort of thing. But there's a stage beyond that, which is cosmocentric, which where you can look at the world from a new subject. You know, Green looks at the world, the new subject is the world, and it can see all of the stuff in the world. The cosmocentric is, the new identity is with the cosmos, and now the that's the new subject, or at least our little part of the cosmos. I think the cosmos is a little big to identify with, but how about our solar system? And so you're looking at Earth as an object, and, and that's not a, in any way, it's a bad word in a way, but you're looking at it as the thing that you're seeing. And what you can see from this cosmocentric perspective, first of all, you, you know, we talked about this before, but there's a certain heartbreak that just sort of wants to come on first thing. Oh, you, yeah. know? you know what I mean? Even if you're looking back at the dawn of time and the, the, the first life and then the first consciousness and all the, you know, nature and all that's beauty. You know, this, the, the evolving life and the big bangs of consciousness and then another big bang of self-consciousness in human beings. And then that's where the integral map, in a sense, begins, is when human beings become, become conscious of being actually not embedded in this nature and, you know, seeing nature as an object. And at that point, you know, there, it's like a grandparent watching children grow up. There is a heartbreak. If you're not a heartbroken grandparent watching your grandchildren, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but also the beauty and the fights and the scrapes and the tragedies and the wrong turns and the all of the stuff that make up life. And we can see this in um, on the planet, you know, and we can see the stages. And there's something uh, about it where at Green, we still sort of want to sort of sort it out in a way. It's like we see this mess of suffering on the planet. And it's like, what's going on here? And the one pattern 
that crosses all cultures and actually crosses all species is that the strong oppress the weak. That's it. That's a, that's the first pattern. That's the pattern Green sees, and in a way, in a sort of a technicolor way, and that um, it's it's true, and from an integral cosmocentric perspective, we can see that that's true, but we can see that that mechanism actually is the generator of this evolutionary force that we can also see. And that this has come from somewhere and it's going somewhere and that we can, you know, we've talked about this, we can sort try to sort out why and the blame and all of this sort of thing. But ultimately it's like, the, I wonder one of my favorite Buddhist teachings is that karma is unfathomable. You know, it's just, we, you know, we can't sort this out. We just have to love it. You know, we have to give up sorting it out. We have to surrender, you know, and, um, and just love it basically. And if that, and that's a good place to stand, you know, it's not as solid as the, the previous places we had to stand because it's moving, but, um, but it's a good place to stand when we look at these uh, these issues, mm-hmm. all the issues, all the issues that we look at and solve. <laughs> anyway, it stopped there. I don't know if any of that made That's sense. Or... No, I think it's all, it's just such important context. And I, and I think that's part of the, um, part of the problem, part of the opportunity with the news is to be able to not get into the, um, the, the, the narrowing of the awareness that that the mind wants with the news like the, the kind of reductionist mind wants to see each of these things as as little problems to focus on or to solve or to worry about and the the kind of profit making part of the news wants that too because it's just because it's engagement and eyeballs and money and all this stuff and like oh yeah the more you can get involved in that the better it is for the ratings and the ads and the money and all that stuff but the, it's really about if we want to see what the benefit is to us it's really about if every time i saw something in the news that disturbed me and it's a mindfulness practice if it was a call to remember the like the greater perspective of my my role in my life and our role as humans in the evolution of humans that that'd be an amazing like okay what if that is the function of the news what if all of it is just like challenging our awareness like like in meditation or mindfulness practice of like, can you focus on your breath? Now here's a, here's a thing that happened. Here's a yeah. thought that came up. But can you yeah. focus on your breath? And yeah. can you can you just do yeah. the one simple yeah. thing? Yeah. And every time you see somebody getting beaten to death by someone on TV or the missiles or the Ebola or whatever it is, to in addition, hopefully you know if you have that influence, there might be some practical response you can do that'll make somebody's life better. Mm-hmm. And to remember, what is this actually? all about no i think that's uh, that's a, a beautiful practice and it's i always love the definition of practice i bring it up all the time that it's the thing we do to be faithful not to be successful so you know we do the best we can at that and um it just I'd like meditation you know, and then you know, meditation's not not about being successful it's about just sitting down and doing it you know and um, the thing that distracts us actually gets to be included. And the thing that takes us off track gets to be seen. And then we come back on track. 
And, and it also takes us back to just the, um, the, the, the focus, and it's almost, you know, too banal to bring up it. It's true. And it's that love is where we want to end up, or that's where we want to, that's the place we want to look at it from, where we can just see the whole catastrophe with love. Mm. And there are a lot of practices, you know, any kind of loving kindness practice where you would take the, the villain into account and loving to send loving kindness and the victim and the, this one and how this one and it just literally generate love. And this may actually be a thing in the sort of cosmic physics. There may be um, some liquid love that we're literally, we're actually helping when we do that. I always love something that Ken Wilber would say is that thinking integral thoughts is a good thing. You know, you're actually adding to the noosphere. And, and so it's not just, you know, a distraction. It's actually an engagement. And then it's an appropriate one because otherwise, you know, these tragedies are ab abstractions. And in some ways they need to be so that we can live our lives, you know. Uh, but, um, but not in a way that's dissociated. We want to be, um, what, what do they call it? Non-attachment. It's not detachment. It's just that we can uh, allow all of these things to, to be there, actually, and just be in our awareness and not get gripped. And I love what you said at the beginning. You talked about how the mind wants to narrow. And we talk about that self-contraction, mm. you know, that actually being a self is inherently painful. That's, that's Buddhist teaching because there's a contraction that has formed encore and there's a contraction that's formed Jeff. And we're always trying to loosen that up, you know, and let it in. And breath, of course, you know, that's the aerator. But love's the thing that, uh, that's the container. So something like that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what's in the news? Yeah. I mean, what for else, me, it's, what, what's that it's, for, yeah, it's still, up? for me, what's, what's, it's still, you know, Israel and Hamas and Gaza and yeah. you know, I mean that's that's been in the news for since before I was born um yeah, and definitely yeah. at various points in my my life especially when I lived in the Middle East yeah. but it's definitely in the news for everybody yeah. right now and there's one one phrase I heard where um the president of the United States Biden Joe Joe Biden you may have heard of him <laughs> he he went over there maybe yeah I think he's left but he was there for a while mm -hmm. seven hours and and he pledged his uh, unilateral support mm -hmm. for Israel. I heard that, and then I read some articles where mm -hmm. he was. He's either you can tell me about this. He's either a politician or he's some kind of integral dude because he was saying all kinds of things <laughs> that were pretty on different levels. He was all mixed up, or he was like on different levels. I don't know. So, and I, I try to be hopeful and charitable whenever I whenever I can. But I, I just that that phrase unilateral support. There's different ways we could go with this. I'm just going to take it as um, axiomatic that giving somebody weapons is um, is not unilateral support. It's not really support. Like I think he's he's that's supportive of the conflict. I would say like giving giving like having a giant multi billion dollar military aid package and then giving more is supporting the conflict, supporting armed conflict. So, yeah. that, but I don't think that's his goal. I mean, he's unilateral support of Israel. Right. And so, I mean, what I, what I would like to think about right now and offer from like, um, 
an integral place. What does unilateral support of Israel really look like? Like, what would it what would it be to make a decision as this giant superpower with all the money in the world and a lot of influence and some really like bad reputation for a lot of people? But like, what what would it really look like to support the long term interests of the people living there? Because mm -hmm. I I just don't I don't see how it's giving weapons yeah. to anybody. Yeah. You know, and there's a and it's just to put it out there, it's not just the U.S. You know, there's lots of countries who have power and are interested in maintaining their power all over the world that are giving weapons to people over there. Yeah. And I don't think it's, I don't find it very supportive. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and a friend of mine, and there's also this like subtle, um, there's like a shame thing going on. A friend of mine was saying, he's like, you know what? It's so embarrassing for the evolution of humans. Why can't these people get along? You know, and, and just really like, there's this, this shame of like these people, they can't get along. And there's, you know, there's truth to that. And frankly, it's just, it's pathetic. It's backwards. Marshall Rosenberg invented nonviolent communication. And these people are still doing this shit. It's like, <laughs> really? But there's all of these people all around the world who don't live there mm -hmm. and don't honestly give a damn about the people who do live there and that are contributing hundreds of thousands or millions or billions of dollars mm -hmm. to perpetuate this conflict for their own narrow interests, which for my like greater self perspective, I'm like, that's not even in your interest. Mm -hmm. So, but to go back to the actual question of like, what, I mean, from an integral perspective, not from like the amber blue thing, but like actually for the people that live there, like what, what, what would support look like? Like yeah. real support. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, well, there's two things that integral could do. One is integral can explain all of why those people think the way they do. Yeah, so that's one thing. But what could be actually helpful? Well, first of all, it may be actually helpful to realize that people think that way and they're going to act that way. And we, that's the world that we live in as we look at this world as it's evolving and we look at it from this perspective. But that aside, what we actually can do to help, and this is this would be the integral, I think, perspective on it. And this would include the best of green and the best of orange and the best of everything. But that is would be to help people be as healthy as possible and safe where they are, and as and so that they can grow, uh, and that they will, the growth is natural. It's kind of like the way you would do with a kid, you know, just keep them safe, don't let them get into too much trouble. So um, that is um, that that would be the guiding principle to me, and um, I. I don't know what that would be, but it would be something that would be different than what we've had. And um, maybe it would be some sort of multinational government of uh, Gaza. I don't know. You know, I don't know. These, 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 these kinds of things could go any which way. I think in the world going forward, in your generation, Encore, and your kids' generation, the idea of being this armed supplier to the world will be one of the great obscenities of history, okay? That, that realization is coming online. It's just like, why are we sending anything to Saudi Arabia so they can rain it down on the Yemenis? And so I'm with you on that. But we're operating from a stage of development that maybe Joe Biden has flashes of, but no, he's, he's over there trying to 
keep things from wildly spinning out of control. Actually, that's that's how he sees it, at least. And um, and he's doing his thing from you know the establishment perspective, which is basically kind of modernist. Um, you know, just keep things from bothering us, from blowing up in our face. You know, the, the, these these people are incorrigible. Whatever, just keep them from being too much of a trouble to the world. And that's what it's been. And that, and we can see that wasn't good enough. That's that something more has to happen. And I think it will um, over time. Uh, and again, I don't know what shape it's going to be. I think it will. One of the things that, that will happen is the continued evolution of the people involved. I mean, we've talked about, you know, the conflicts are ultimately, um, especially when people are nudging up the next level, which they are, they're, you know, they're moving into a modernist view, a more fully modernist view of, you know, individual rights and let's trade and, you know, let's let these ancestral um, vengeance cycles go, you know, uh, that I think that'll continue to happen. And that's really key. What do you think of that? I want more. You, yeah, are you? Okay. I want to plan. I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to like, you know, what's great about giving military aid, a billion dollars military aid, is that there's like a bureaucrat somewhere in the military, or many, maybe there's a whole building of them that are like, oh, I know exactly how to translate that billion dollars into action. And it's going to be this many missiles and this many jets and this Ooh. many attaches or you know training i don't know what they do they but they know what they're doing they, they're doing it well i'm sure and like I, I want that level of detail yeah you know like all right well what, what is the plan what if we're if we're going to have a billion dollars of um or 12 billion dollars of yeah. non-military aid like what's what's the plan yeah and, yeah, and i guess there all, is a package of non-military aid it's going directly to gaza um, yeah i mean that's to me i don't, I don't just, know I, i'm not going to argue for it, it's it. just so uh, well it's like very like here, here are the bombs and then here and then here are the like the sleeping bags after you drop the bombs it's like it's like well ah, i know but, yeah but but <laughs> you know and i'm i'm maybe i'm colonized my mind has been infected with this beautiful virus of mediation by ken cloak this amazing mediator that i'm going to talk to tomorrow about this and oh good and hopefully we can post it on both of our feeds because i know i mean he's just um He's just a genius, you know, and like, I, you know, no matter what you talk to him about, it just, it's just so like, what did he say? My, my wife was quoting one of his videos where he said, the first casualty in any conflict is empathy, mm -hmm. you know, and he, and he, so he, he starts from this like level of, of, of depth. That's just mm -hmm. um, in, incredible. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, so I, I, you know, I'm like, well, can we just have like, massive large-scale mediation and and just get you know I, I don't know obviously i don't know anything but that um i know that's got to be part of the solution but i'm just like what else what else if like biden really wanted to support israel and not just continue business as usual with like war is a disturbance to international trade so we should avoid it but we got to keep these people happy so we'll give them some bombs so they kill these other people like if we actually cared what would we do well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that what, what I would push back on a bit is that would be 
that's sort of would that would be true if everybody thought that way but they don't they don't actually want to mediate i mean a lot of but people there's, don't. but there's a role that's 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 you know that might be true but there's a there's a role for leadership and like leadership yeah. really it's by definition it's influential and so when the people in the positions of power on whatever side on all sides on every side um and the people who are like giving the re and allocating where the resources go like the that has a giant influence and people's current it's almost like a phenomenological argument people's current behavior does not express what like deep inside they know to be true it's it's some sort of black box function of their internal inputs with these external inputs of what leadership is doing and what the incentives are and how everything's aligned and that's what comes out as our behavior oh good i, I like that explanation but you got to run it by me again yeah sorry okay so no it was good i just need another yeah we'll use we'll use like my life there's like there's what I really want to do with my life mm -hmm. and what I really believe is like my values. Mm -hmm. And then there's my actions in my everyday life. And it's, and it's then, and there's a function. There's like a box that goes in between that input of like, you know, like what my heart is singing about and then the, and the output of what I'm doing. And it's not one-to-one -one because there's other inputs there. There's like the laws in my country and what's legal. There's like the ways in which, um, my my history my cultural affiliation may change that there's the shame i feel there's what i'm getting paid to do and what i'm not getting paid to do like if i got paid the same to bake bread as i do to do coaching <laughs> i would bake bread i don't know <laughs> you know but it's like that's not the current economic structure right like yeah. i bake bread every day because i love it but you know you know so that's what's that so these, these people in um like the settlers in these occupied territories you know or they're the people in the the camps or the people who are like supporting Hamas, you know, just like the, the teenage kids who are like having discussions about this in Palestine and arguing about whether or not they should, they should, so, and by support Hamas, I just mean say something positive or not, you mm -hmm. know, just like yeah. that level, there's like what, what people really want and then what they feel their options are, mm -hmm. what their leaders okay. tell them, what their parents tell them, what they get paid to do, who's, who's giving them which resources, mm -hmm. who's buying the iPhones, you know, all of all of this stuff, and there's mm -hmm. many, many more dimensions, I'm not saying, mm -hmm. that's what leads to the, the actions. And so mm -hmm. the people just saying things publicly, they're like, not aligned with, like, they're, they're not saying, God, I really, what I really want is a mediation, uh, or what I really want is just to like, share my grief. And, you know, then there's all these, there's been all these beautiful projects of, you know, Israeli and Palestinian, non-Israeli, Palestinian, um, people coming together and just sharing grief about like all like mothers whose sons have died getting together and just talking mm -hmm. about it. And there's mm -hmm. all these amazing projects like that. Mm -hmm. Like why are people not asking for more of that? I, I don't think it's just because they don't want more of that. Mm -hmm. There's many more inputs beside that. And, okay. and, so, and so I'm just advocating the strength of the role of leadership and cash money mm -hmm. to influence what people mm -hmm. say they want. Yeah. Right on. Um, yeah. Uh, I would, uh, I think, what you're saying is true. I don't. I do think that there's another dimension that development actually reveals, and that is that um, when you talk about you know people in their own hearts and in their own minds, they want they want to live a peaceful life. They want to raise their kids. They want um, uh, you know they have good intentions, and then this the system, if you will, and you know money and leaders and the institutions and all of that come in and sort of thwart that. Um, that that interior 
that you're talking about also evolves. And mm-hmm. earlier stages of it, um, I don't want to share my grief with the enemy. I actually don't. I just want to share my grief with my family and my clan, yeah. you know. And I and so that circle of who's worthy of moral compassion in general, that's one of the markers of development. And in tribal and traditional cultures, warrior cultures, they're smaller than they are in modern cultures, actually, those circles. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then when you get to postmodern, and when you're talking about what you're talking about, where the enemies actually get together, the mothers, you know, that's a high level. There's a lot of people doing that, but that's a high level thing. Yeah. 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 That's totally. And there's more and more people doing that. And, you know, as, and and I love, you know, when you talk about the teenagers in Gaza, you know, they're getting inputs, not just from this sort of ethnocentric religious, we're in a battle of good and evil and God and all that stuff. They're getting the internet, you know, they're getting, it's hard to overestimate the difference in their consciousness versus their parents once they take over. I don't know. I mean, there's still going to be plenty of both, but yeah. Anyway, so that circle, that circle of who's included in all these good things you're talking about is something that grows and that's significant. Yeah. And then and then of course I go to I go to thinking of how does development happen? You know, how did it happen for me as the guy I know best? How does it happen for other people? Yeah. And, and, and it can happen, you know, in a moment. Yeah. You know, it, it can happen like it happens through travel, it happens through seeing through. Like people don't, many people don't travel because they want a consciousness expanding experience. Some, I mean, many people do now, but some people just want to go on vacation. They take a wrong turn, they end up in a slum <laughs> and they're like, oh shit. Yeah. Get me back in my bubble. Yeah. But my like, like bubble. Oh, my world just broke, yeah. you know, or many people like religious people or people from a traditional society, they go to college because they want a job. Mm-hmm. And then they're like forced to take some sort of like history of Western civilization, DEI, whatever course. And then they're like, oh, boom, you know, like these things, you know, people, people end up doing mushrooms because they want to have a good time. But then they're like, oh man, I just melted. And now I know that Pachamama <laughs> is planet and she has an emotion. And now I'm one with the earth. Like we don't, we don't actually necessarily want these things, but they can happen really, really quickly. Yeah. They can. Just, just in the way that like you give somebody a gun, they didn't like, they didn't need yeah. to like, you, you just gave them some sort of like space technology and now they have it. Yeah. And I, and I think we can, I think the, what I want to think about is how can we enable that for people? Yeah. <laughs> like what, what is like the space technology of like increasing in your, your complexity in your interior that we could use a billion dollars to, to help facilitate for well, those that are ready. Yeah. If I had to think of one, it would be hard pressed for, I'd be hard pressed to think of something that would be, uh, any better than the internet. Yeah. Basically, you know, it's just in terms of feeding in new perspectives. It also has its dark side where, you know, it's at one point in development, when you, especially when you move to a new stage, it's like when I took Jesus Christ as my own personal savior, you know, and I'm, you know, 11, 10, whatever years old, and I'm a church camp, you know, that's a whole new, beautiful, magical world. And I want to stay there. I don't want these other perspectives. Any perspectives of science would feel like regression to me. It would feel like I would be losing this thing I just got. And so people need to stay at the, and this is integral. It's like people get to be who they are. 
They get to think what they think, get to see the world as they do. And eventually they're going to get bored with it. As you know, I continue to develop because I went to ninth grade science class. And it's like, wait a second, none of this makes sense anymore, this religion thing. And, and I can remember moving into that. And then all of a sudden, that's a new world of rationality and information and analysis and understand, oh my God, you know. And then you move beyond that and beyond that. And, and so everybody gets to be where they are. And the, you hit the million dollar question on core. It's like, why do, what's, why, does, why do we even develop? And what's behind it? And why do some people develop more and further? And why do some not? And um, the, why we develop, the answer is because it's built into the cosmos. Development and growth is actually one of the primary physics of the cosmos. So that's why. <laughs> and why some people and cultures go further, if you will, than others um, is a mystery. But in general, we move to the center of gravity of the culture that we're born into by the time we're 16, 18, something like that, move into early development. So if you're born into a traditional culture, you move from warrior through to traditional, it's getting nice to stable there. And if you're in a modern country, you move into that. And not always, you know, there's some people who, and, and uh, the, the answer that has always been most satisfying to me is that karma, it's like, who knows why? Yeah. You know? Okay. That's, I'm glad you bring that back in here because it's, um, it's on my mind when you say this. So there's two things that I think really give my life meaning. One is hanging out with people I like just and, and, and expressing love. You know, I just, that's what I, that's ultimately what I, what I do. But if it were just that I, I there would be something lacking. And so what I'm, the other thing I'm trying to do in general with all of my activities is participate in other people's evolution. And the the straight karma, destiny, no free will crowd, you know, which you encounter in like Western rationalism and also in, in India, my wanderings there with the mystics, they're 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 equally present in both, yep. would say you cannot influence somebody else's development. And um Obviously, I don't know what's true and what's not true, but I don't like that. <laughs> and, and what I'm trying to do is influence other people's development. And yeah. so from, from the developmental perspective, is that, um, I mean, you must believe that that's possible. That is why Absolutely. I have like integral life and all this other stuff, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the ways we influence their development is by doing the best we can to provide them with healthy life conditions so that their growth can happen. It's like a, having a rose in the garden. You know, you wanna make sure it's getting everything it needs. Yeah. And not being stressed and not being cut down and not being underwatered or underfed. Yeah, so this is, this is where like That's you- it happens. And then It's like a kid, cool. you know, you, you're not making your daughter grow. She's doing that under her own power. Yeah. Yeah, and that, but you, create the loving circumstances for her to do it in a way that's healthy. And that's, you know, we, that's one way that we can look at other, you know, people in need, you know, or however, or these, these conflicts that go on. So, yeah. So, yeah, we, so yes, we can influence. And, um, and then also when it's like with, um, 
it's like me for, with, you know, I'm peddling my integral worldview here, you know? So it's like, I don't just go up to anybody. I used to, but I don't anymore. Just go up to anybody and say, Hey, do you want a new worldview? I got this really great worldview. You're going to love it. That's how I was for, you know, two decades. <laughs> and incidentally, your worldview is two levels down, but we'll yeah. work with it. Just so you know, hierarchy exists and you're lower than I am. So, hey. yeah, exactly. So, you know, so, shall we have our conversation here? <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, so, um, but now I offer it to people who want it. Yeah. And that's way better because there are people who are ready for this worldview or they want it, you know, and for them, here it is, yeah. you know, my, my best shot at it. Yeah. And that's, you know, far more, that's a transition I went through that. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah. Helps it's like me relax. more relaxing for you. More yeah, pleasant. totally. Way yeah. more relaxing to me because you can't really, you know, this is, I mean, that, that's the part of you talked about, you can't make other people develop the people talk about there. There's some truth to that. Oh, yeah. And I always love that. This is another one of my the Buddhist teachings I love is that you cannot save another person, nor may you. I love that. You know, you can't, you can help them do what their karma is asking them to do, but you can't save them, or, you know, fix them into something yeah. that you want, you know? Yeah. So um, actually, if you have a couple more minutes, I thought I might bring uh, something up that um, I think actually illuminates this. Um, and yeah, last time we talked, uh, you talked about um, the libel, libelous, slanderous Sam Harris. Oh, yes. Okay? That, that arch villain. <laughs> I know. Uh, I want to I, I just share something that I saw, and I, I made a note of it uh, to hang on here. And I think I, it gets to the mistake he makes in his analysis. Um, let's see here. Okay. All right. So he's talking about um, the, the fight between cultures. The, actually, in a way, he's talking about the, the fight between traditional and modern. That traditional will use uh will attack civilians they always have um they and so so will modern but in an arm's length kind of way and so here's what they'll, he's, they'll, they'll just like lie about it yeah well they'll lie about it but they'll but what you won't get is uh modern soldiers going into a community and um and just slaughtering people there wasn't that in any of the wars that we engaged in in the second half of the 20th century? Yeah, there were, but that that would that would not be a modern impulse. That would be a pre-modern impulse. Let me just let, okay, let, sorry. Me, just, let me just say <laughs> what he's talking about. Yeah. Anyway, he's talking about um, he's talking about people who will strategically put their own non-combatants um, into the line of fire so they can inflict further violence upon their enemies, knowing that their enemies have a more civilized moral code that will render them reluctant to shoot back for, for fear of killing or maiming innocent non-combatants. And, and I think that's true, actually, that that happens. Um, I think that that's smart on the, on the part of uh, 
traditional people who are fighting modernity. And again, I'm using very big, broad brushes here. There's there's traditional and red um, eruptions out of modernity all the time. But I'm talking about the actual philosophy uh, and the worldview. Okay, and he says that if anywhere in this universe cynicism and nihilism can be found together in their most perfect forms, it is here. And that's this is what I disagree with. Uh, it's not cynicism and nihilism that is motivating people who would do this. Pre-modern people will use modern codes of behavior against modernists. They're, they're not stupid. They're just pre-modern. Of course they would. You know, they would use that. Um, and that's, it like, would that's, be, that's an advantage they could have. It's a vulnerability. Absolutely an advantage they would have. And, and they would be crazy not to use it, especially when they think at the worldview they're at. And this is where Sam gets it wrong. It would be cynicism and nihilism for people who, like Sam to do such a thing because that's a, they're, they're at a modern worldview. For people who are holy warriors, literally in their hearts, you know, they're, they're warriors of God. They're trying to create you know, the kingdom of God on earth and the blood will be shed and martyrs will be made. And uh, that's a whole different, um, it's anything but nihilism. It's actually, um, you know, a, a, a beautiful vision of paradise that they're willing to die for as warriors and traditionalists have always been willing to die. Um, so I just wanted to see if that made any sense to you. It does. It does. And yeah. ultimately, you know, Sam Harris is, just has such like limited interest for me. But but the, the move you're making is, I, I think, important for all of us. Yeah. And the idea is to not evaluate someone else's behavior based on our standards. Thank you. In, in terms of trying to understand it. Obviously, we could have a moral judgment. Fine. Yeah. Um, and I do all the time. But the idea is like, OK, why expect this person to act like I would act? Because they're not fundamentally where I am. And so if we want to understand their strategy better and ultimately be able to work with them constructively to come up with a solution, it's better to understand like where they're coming from with this. Yes, so yes. I said, that's a beautiful move. Yes, it is. I mean, uh, and there's one more thought I had on this. And this, this is, um, I just finished uh, listening to The Oregon Trail, which is a memoir of this young guy from Harvard who went on the wagon trains uh, in uh, early 1800s into the West. Mm -hmm. And he he was like 20, 21 years old. So he's super educated, you know, in all the European way. And he goes and he veers off and he does his own adventures and he lives with the Indians and he befriends the Indians. And he, you know, and, and it's a wonderful first person account of uh, Indians, no, no presentism because he's writing it contemporaneously. And he's talking about his one Indian companion that he'd had all these. So the whole time you're saying Indian, you mean like indigenous people of North America. Yes. You're not talking about like Italy and Dosa and sages. No. And I'm talking about the First Nations people. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. And these were the ones um, in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> yes, of course. So anyway, he called them Indians. And then I, I grew up with that, too. Yeah. Anyway, his uh, Native American companion, the whirlwind. Uh, he talks about him as just as true and and, and 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 brave and good a companion as you could ever have, and they and and his beautiful face, and uh, and that they would sit around at night and at the campfire, and they had this ways of communicating that there was actually 
there was reasonably good communication with certain words and sign language that they could do. And that um, um, the whirlwind would tell him stories about how they would raid their ancestral enemies' villages and throw the babies on the fire and cut the Achilles tendons of the, you know, take the little kids, uh, take the, the women that they wanted, kill the rest, uh, take the warriors and torture them to death. Um, and that he would tell it with the same wide-eyed innocence and a certain kind of, you know, it, it was sort of, it would, it would be what happened to him too if he were captured. He wasn't complaining about this. This is just what their life was. And that there was in a way a, a warrior's code that they would respect the warrior who would die honorably in these torturous situations. And it's just modern minds can't wrap themselves, their heads around this. Yeah. You know, we can't be expected to. But this is, this was our history for 99% of it, this kind of thing. You know, so um, there you go. All right, I'm gonna. I want to. I want to close with a slightly more positive note. <laughs> and, well, but, just beware presentism. Yeah, you know, yeah. But it, this it's kind of similar. It's a mirror of it. And like that, if that's our past, which is probably probably true. I mean, we have there's many different parts of our past, right? Oh, totally. But, you know, and, and there are many of which we lived in peace. And you yeah. know, but well, yeah, that's a threat. So that's, that's really, been there. Yeah, yeah. But here's here's the, how this ends, Jeff. Let me tell you the future. Oh, here's how this ends. Yeah. And this is what I've been peddling my whole life. Um, <laughs> but I don't need anyone to believe it because I know it's true. It it ends with um, with people falling in love. And that's part of our, like the biological imperative for reproduction is, a, is an asset. It's not always an asset, but it's an asset here. And people falling in love with people they did not grow up with, that do not look like them, that do not believe what, what they believe. I think is a is a real is like the, one of the primary movers and shakers to getting people out of wherever their context is and into the future. Totally, man. Oh, I love that. And if I may say, that is a cosmocentric view, and, and that you just look at the whole world, and just love the whole thing, and it doesn't matter where anybody's coming from. Everybody's got their karma, you know but you love them all. And that's the final big, biggest circle, you know? And actually maybe there's a bigger circle that includes other planets and the cosmos in general. I don't know, <laughs> but what a beautiful way to end. And thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No, I think the perspective you brought today over and over, I mean, it's just classic Jeff in the best way. I think it's gonna be very, very, very helpful. For people. Oh, thank you so much right back at you and uh so we'll we'll do this again <laughs>